Your Attitude, a series where we have been going through the Beatitudes in the Bible. And um, today we are going to be in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be focusing on verse 9. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn there, Matthew chapter 5. If you catch me yawning today, <clears throat> or having to drink water yesterday, we, uh, we took some youth students to youth conference in Renton, Washington, and it was a great time. We had a van full of kids, um, and it's a lot of energy, and uh, I started to notice that I was losing my voice last night. <clears throat> and so on the ride back home, uh, I was trying not to respond to the students. They would ask me questions. I was trying to talk as little as possible because I knew I had to get up here and preach this morning. And um, eventually I was thankful because everybody in the van except for me fell asleep. And so I was driving and, you know, everybody had kind of quieted down. They were, they were asleep and we were going over the pass. And uh, all the students woke up in the middle of the drive with their pastor screaming. And I was driving the van and I screamed. And of course, if you're asleep driving over the pass and you wake up in the driver of your van screaming, you'd be worried, right? And so all of our students are like, what is going on, Pastor Allen, what's wrong? And what they didn't know is I was getting alerts that the Huskies had beat the Oregon Ducks and I was screaming going over the pass. And I said, you guys don't understand, go Huskies. And they're like, oh my goodness. And they weren't as excited as I was. And I said, there we go. I was trying to save my voice and here I am screaming the Huskies on as I'm driving over the pass. So. If I have to pause and drink water a little bit more than normal, bear with me. I just, I just partied a little too hard last night. I'm sorry, okay? All right, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. If you turn in your Bibles with me, let's read that together. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I love, I love the Beatitudes because... Uh, Jesus is speaking to a large crowd of people. He's near the Sea of Galilee. Uh, on my trip to Israel uh, in college, this was my favorite place in all of Israel. It's very tropical. When you go to uh, where the Beatitudes were given, it's, it's a, a lot of hills. He was on a, up on a mountainside, and there's a lot of these hills, and it's almost like this just natural, tropical amphitheater. And, and he's speaking to these men, women, and children, so many people, and he's explaining to them what following Jesus looks like, what following God looks like. And in doing that, he's also explaining to them who God is. Because as we get to know more and we get to read our Bible more and we see how we should act, we get to see who God is. And we get to develop our own theology of, of, of what does God want to speak to us? How does God want to use us? What we've talked about this, this series and all these Beatitudes, we've learned that Jesus cares about the poor in spirit, He's a comforter for those who mourn. He blesses those that are meek. He blesses those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. So we learn that Jesus, he strives for righteousness. He strives for mercy. He strives for those that are pure in heart. And today we're learning that he, he blesses peacemakers. And so we know that Jesus is a peacemaker and he wants us to be peacemakers as, as children of God. And so we get to experience uh, that today as we get to read through what does that look like? 
There's so many people in life that don't have peace in their life. And I see the whole world just doesn't seem to have peace. And isn't that what the world strives to be? Doesn't the world want to be, you know, full of world peace? Have you ever prayed for world peace? It's something that is so popular. I think we all want, but what does that look like? And why don't we have peace? Why don't we have peace? There's so many people that are searching. I think we're in a, 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 a time and a period where people are searching for peace. They're clinging to whatever the world can give them that will give them peace. But they just can't seem to find it. And so you might be here today and you might not have peace in your heart. You look at your life, you say, I'm not at peace. Uh, you know, I'm not living peacefully with, with my neighbors. Uh, I'm not living peacefully with my family. I'm not at peace inside with myself. I'm not at peace with God. And you're looking and you're just trying to seek that inner peace in your life. Here, here are some things that, uh, that are things that rob us of our peace. I'm going to call them peace robbers today. They, they rob the peace from us. We don't have peace when we look at what is missing in our life. So many of us, we, we are always looking at what's, what don't I have? You look at everything else that everybody has, you see that you don't have it in your life, and that robs you from your peace. You don't feel at peace when you feel like something's missing. But our culture today has created a society where they don't want us to be at peace. Because when you're at peace, you're not spending money and buying more things, okay? And you know, all the billboards and all the TV ads, they have one job and that is to make you feel like something's missing and like you need that product to find peace, right? And so that's what our society is like today. With social media, um, you know, everybody takes the best picture and, and they look good or maybe they're photoshopped or whatever it is and we look at everything that everybody else has and then we look at our life and we say, man, stuff is just missing in my life, right? And that's robbing you of your peace today. We don't have peace when we look at our problems. All of us have problems, okay? If you're in this room and you don't think you have a problem in your life, I want you to meet me after service. I guarantee you I can find you a problem in your life, okay? <laughs> so one of my favorite things to do is look at everybody else's problems and not my own, okay? All right. When we look at our problems... It's, it's, like, it's like the same thing with fixating on what's missing. We fixate on everything that's going wrong. And of course you're not going to have peace because all you're looking at are the issues that you have, right? And so in order to be peacemakers, we're going to have to learn that you can't just fixate on your problems all the time. There's always going to be something that needs attention, but we have to recognize that the enemy wants us to fixate on those problems. Because when we're fixated on those problems, we are distracted and we are discouraged to be doing the work that God wants us to do. Okay? When we are focused on all of our issues, everything that's going wrong, we are not asking God what we can be doing in life. We cannot be asking God, you know, Lord, what, how do you want to use me? Because all we're looking at is trying to fix the problems in our life. One third thing that, that robs us of our peace is, is the past, looking on the past. We can't have peace when we're constantly fixated on the past. Have any of you ever, just in the middle of the night, you're about to fall asleep and you wake up and you remember something embarrassing you did in, in college or in middle school and you think, oh my goodness, that's so embarrassing, I can't believe I did that. I don't know why it popped into my head. I do that all the time. And 
You fixate on things that you wish you could change, but I have news for you, you can't change them. There's nothing you can do to change the mistakes that you've made in the past, but you can look at those and you can have it affect your future, okay? But what the enemy likes to do, he wants us to focus not only on our problems, but he wants us to focus on our past. He wants us to focus on our shortcomings, things that we can't change. He wants us just to get so worked up about them that again, it distracts us and discourages us for the work that Jesus wants to use you for. Amen. Amen? And so to be a peacemaker means that we are recognizing, hey, we're not gonna fixate on what we don't have. We're not gonna fixate on all the problems that we have. We're not gonna fixate on stuff that happened in the past that I can't change. I'm gonna live for today and I'm gonna live for the future. And I'm gonna ask God, how can you use me, Lord, for your kingdom? God, I want to be a peacemaker, right? And so Let's read in Philippians chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to continue to read this idea of how can we not fixate on the issues so that we can find peace in our life. So many of us searching. We're constantly searching for peace. How do we find it? Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, and he says, For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Everybody say content. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And so Paul is speaking to us today. He was writing to the church in Philippi, but we can read that. And he, he's speaking to us today saying, hey, the way to be content in all circumstances, the way to find that peace that you're searching for is only through strength that you find in Jesus. The world can't give it. It's not possible to find the inner peace within you that, that the beatitude is talking about here, finding it in the world. It's just not there. You have to access that through Christ who gives you strength. And there's going to be times of need. And there's going to be times of abundance in your life. But you can go through all those things with the strength that Jesus has. John 14, 21, uh, John 14 27 says... Jesus is speaking, he says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So for all of you that are saying, I'm searching for peace out there, Jesus tells us the peace you're looking for, the world can't give. The world can't give you something it doesn't have. The world doesn't have peace. Jesus has peace, right? And so as we're reading in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. To be a peacemaker, you have to find that peace in Jesus, and you have to be operating in the strength that Jesus gives you, not in your own strength. I think that we're in a, in a world where... Um, the, the age, I, I think for a while, I'm trying to think of how to say this. I think for a while that 
you know, it was this idea of, of Christianity versus atheism or, or, or whatever it is. And I don't think that's the case anymore because our next generation, you know, when I talk to students and their friends at school and stuff, everyone is searching. They're not atheists. They don't just not believe in God, but they're searching for some greater power in life. And, and they're doing this through uh, buying energy crystals and you sit these crystals out in the sun and then and you get vibes from it or whatever it is, you know, and, and they're just searching. They're spiritual, but they're searching and they need to recognize that crystals aren't going to give you peace. Rocks aren't going to give you peace, right? It's going to be Jesus. And so we've got to start looking in the right spaces. Okay. And that's in your Bible. You have to be in your word to find the strength that Jesus has given you. I think it's, it's very great for us. We have, you know, scripture on the screen, especially those that watch online. You know, it pops up right there. And you don't need a Bible, right? Nowadays, you don't have to have a Bible to go to church, you know, because the, the scripture is everywhere. But I'm here to tell you that you need a Bible in your life right? It, and it's fine to, to, to read it on your phone, but, but you need a paper Bible, okay? You, you need one. If you don't have one, we will give you one. Because at reading this Bible, reading this book is going to give you the strength that Paul talks about. It's going to give you the peace that you're searching for. There was a gal in high school that I was friends with and um, uh, I was kind of new in my, in my walk with Jesus and I was reading my Bible and she was asking me questions. She wasn't a Christian. In fact, her family was really antagonistic towards Christianity, uh, had no knowledge of the Bible or anything. And she said, um, you know, hey, I'm, I'm somewhat interested in learning about Jesus. And uh, she said, how, how do I do that? And I just felt the need to tell her. I said, well, first thing, you've you got to own a Bible. She said, well, I, have a, I can download that Bible app. I said, no, get a Bible. You know, you've got to be able to, to read it. it. It comes alive off the page. It's great to have, a, to, have a, to have an app on your phone, but you're going to get strength and you're going to get peace from reading scripture every day. And, and she said, okay, well, I don't, I don't know how to do that. I, you know, and she said, what kind of Bible do you have? I said, well, there's lots of different translations. And all of a sudden I started to realize how hard it is for some people with no knowledge of scripture to go and just buy a Bible is difficult, right? And so I said, you know, um, I said, you're not, this doesn't mean anything to you, but I read a New International Version Bible, and uh, there's gonna, you're going to go into the store, there's going to be lots of different versions or whatever. I said, you know what, I'm, let me just go and get you a Bible, okay? And so um, I went home for the weekend, and I was planning to get her a Bible, but then she texted me, and she said, um, I was doing chores around the house, and I, I was cleaning the kitchen, and on top of my refrigerator was an NIV Bible. And I'm telling you, her family had lived in this home for 10 plus years. They're antagonistic toward, towards Jesus, right? There's no way that there is an NIV Bible in her kitchen, but it was there. And I, I said, I said, start reading it, you know? And, and so I'm here to tell you that it's great to come to church and it's great to have the, the verses on the screen, but if you need a paper Bible, please reach out to us. We want to put this peace, this strength in your hands. That's what we're talking about, right? And so to be a peacemaker, to be a blessed child of God, sorry, I just went on like a totally different tangent about reading scripture. I wasn't planning that, but I felt that it needed to be said, okay? You're going to find the peace that we're talking about in scripture today, okay? Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. We're going to go back to our beatitude. I'm going to try and bring us back on track. 
Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. This word peacemaker, um, a lot of us can read this as saying, okay, I need to be peaceful or I need to strive for peace. Well, when you look at the Greek word that's used here, it describes uh, peacemaker in, in three different ways. The, you know, when you go to a lexicon, you look at the Greek word that was actually used. A lot of times, Greek words don't translate very well into English words. And this is one of those words where the word that is used, eranapios, is, is, means so much more than just peacemaker, to be at peace. Eranapios that is used here, to be a peacemaker, are, it's describing people that should be at peace, live in peace, and make peace. Okay? And so we're going to dissect that a little bit. What is this peacemaker supposed to be? How is this supposed to look in our life? So as Christ followers, we are to be at peace. I've already covered this a little bit, but we need to be at peace in our hearts and we need to be at peace with God. In the Old Testament Hebrew, uh, a word for peace uh, is shalom. And shalom is this idea, again, it it doesn't translate very well into peace because it means so much more than peace. It means to be well, to be complete, to be safe and sound. It is the state, being in a state of shalom is a state of lacking nothing. And it's someone who has no fear of having their peace be troubled. It's like this idea of this euphoria with peace. You are so at peace that you're not even worried about the next problem that's going to come up in your life, right? Because you know that by the strength of Jesus, you're going to go through it no matter what it is, right? And so you're not allowing the problems to be, to be, to be problems that are going to disrupt your inner peace. And so as peacemakers, we need to recognize that we need to obtain the strength that Jesus has for us, that he's going to take us through thick and thin, and and that we can't let outside things, problems that come up, affect our inner peace. Because our inner peace just comes from Jesus. And it's it's up to us to maintain that inner peace, to be uh, at peace with Jesus and taking that state of shalom, that wholeness and being a child of God. And so as as you continue to follow Jesus... We have to be constantly reminding ourselves of the peace that he gives, the peace that he wants to give to you. So as a Christ follower, we are to be at peace. As a Christ follower, we are to live in peace. So we should not only strive to be at peace inwardly, but as a peacemaker, that means that we should be expressing that peace outwardly. Our lives should be peaceful lives. So when, when we read that blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus isn't just talking about people that are at peace in themselves, but also people that are expanding that and bringing peace, living in peace in their everyday life. And so that means being a unifier. It means being able to, to uh, see your neighbor and you can see the problems that are happening in your society and you can say, what can I do to help bring peace in this situation, Right? I think for so many of us, we think that peace, because this is the way that the world sees peace, we think that peace is just not doing anything. It's just being absent and it's, okay, I'm going to be peaceful, so I'm just going to be at peace with myself. I'm going to let everybody do whatever they want to do, okay? But sometimes we have 
to extend ourselves and live at peace and we have, to, we have to have conflict resolution. We have to be able to look our neighbors in the eyes and say, hey, you know what, I, I love you and, and I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try and unite us together even though we see things very differently. And so as Christ followers, to be a peacemaker means that we're gonna fight for unification and we're not gonna fight for divisiveness. Something that I had to learn early on in my walk with Jesus is uh, I had to stop myself from feeling this need that I needed to stand up for Jesus in the Facebook comment section. And um, if you go today and scroll through your Facebook, you're gonna find all kinds of debating. You're gonna find all kinds of divisiveness. And for me as a young Christian, I felt I would see something I didn't agree with or I knew that Jesus didn't agree with. And I thought I was supposed to stand up and I was supposed to you know, type away and I was supposed to you know, comment, you know, things at them and get them to, you know, read their Bibles and all that stuff. And as I matured, I learned, one, none of those discussions were changing anybody's minds. And two, I was actually driving those people further away from Jesus than attracting them closer. And I think some, sometimes all of us as Christ followers, we fight on this fence, right? We're, we're in this tension between how do I live a life for God and not give up on what I believe to be true, what I believe to be right, and be loving and unifying of people that I don't agree with, right? And so we all have this tension in our life, but to be a peacemaker means we are gonna fight for unification even if it means agreeing to disagree, right? And, and recognizing that if we want to live in peace, then the tension has to be a daily thing. We have to be constantly standing up for what we believe, but trying to unify our communities, even when people don't agree with us. Justin Lathrop, in his book, The Likeable Christian, says, for those of us seeking to live a life that is pleasing to God, it is tempting to get caught up in the specifics, like how to vote, which church to attend, how to do communion. And while none of these concerns are unimportant, they're not nearly as important as the greatest command we've ever been given, which is to love God and love one another. And that's likability. And so he, he, he writes in this book that as Christians, it's okay to want to be attractive to the world. Now, here's the thing. Again, I'm talking about tension here, and you might disagree with me on some of this, but we have to recognize that, okay, we can't give up on what we believe. I'm not asking anybody to give up on your values to appease the world. Because we're supposed to be sight, uh, salt and light to the world, right? And we're supposed to be different than the world. But at the same time, we have to make decisions in our life so that we bring out Jesus in a way that is attractive to the world. That they see hope and they see life and they see love. They don't see someone that hates and judges them, right? And so... As a, as a Christ follower who lives in peace, it is, it is our job to, to not make being liked our idol, but to instead continue to live our life for our values in Jesus and attract people to Jesus because of how loving and unifying that we are. As Christ followers, we are to be at peace in, inwardly, we're to live at peace but we're talking about peacemakers. As Christ followers, we are to make peace, okay? Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. 
That's what Paul says. And so we just talked about living at peace and how we have a responsibility to do whatever we can to unify our community. Whatever we can, whatever we're responsible for, to love one another. But Paul here says, as far as it depends on you, if it is possible, Paul's recognizing that sometimes it doesn't matter how much we love our neighbor, they're not gonna love us back, right? Doesn't matter how much you want to see the world change, how much you have the right intentions. Uh, There are people in the world that don't wanna see the church succeed. There are people in the world that don't want Jesus, the good news, the gospel to be spread. And there's nothing that you can do to change their minds, to change their hearts. But whatever you're responsible for, whatever decisions you make, has to be as unifying and loving as you can be, right? And you're not always gonna get the loving, the loving response that you want. And so as Christ followers were to make peace, we talked a little bit about to bring peace is, is not just sitting and doing nothing. The world sometimes says that peace is the cessation of conflict. But the, the kingdom says, you know what? Sometimes there needs to be conflict in order to bring peace, okay? Sometimes there needs to be conflict in order to bring peace. The the way that the Greek world saw peace, if a country was peaceful, one, it was a country that wasn't at war, but two, in order for a country to be peaceful, they had to be actively trying to benefit the community, trying to move the community forward. So not only just not being at war with another country, but doing things for the good of the people. That is a truly peaceful country. And so for us in our life, as, as we are peacemakers, we have to not only just, you know, not be in conflict with our neighbors, not be hateful, but we have to be making decisions that actively bring peace and try to make the community a better place. And so as a peacemaker, someone that is called by God to bring about peace, we have to recognize that we have to stand up for our beliefs and love those that don't love us. Okay, And that means that we have to make decisions, and sometimes there's going to be conflict, but we have to make decisions that we feel God is leading us to make the community a better place. And that means that as a, as a peacemaker, we're not pacifists, we're activists. We're not passive and just allowing the world to just do whatever they want. Everybody can just you know, have their own truth, whatever, because I'm supposed to be peaceful. But it's being an activist saying, no, no, no. I love you as as a neighbor, but I also love God. And if you experience Jesus, I'm telling you, he's going to change your life. And when we can come to our communities and spread the gospel and not have to worry about being judged, but just trying to bring peace into our communities, God will use us. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and, and conclude this morning. If we can read Matthew chapter five, verse nine, one more time. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. So in your life today, recognizing that God is calling you to be a peacemaker, one, to be a peacemaker, we need to be at peace. Secondly, to be a peacemaker, we need to live in peace. And thirdly, to be a peacemaker, we need to make peace. And so where are you at with that? Can we just take a moment and just kind of think about that? Do you maybe need to to recognize the be at peace part. Maybe you're in that stage one part where you just need in your life to experience the peace of Jesus. Maybe in your life, 
stuff has been crazy and you've been searching. You've been searching for, for, for peace that the world can give, but you're finding that it's just not there. And maybe today, whether you're at home, you're here in person, you're recognizing that there's not peace in your heart and you're recognizing you can only get that peace from Jesus, then you're in a wonderful place today, friends, because you can accept Jesus and you can accept that peace that he gives you. You can accept that strength. Maybe you're here, you're at peace, but maybe you're not living in peace. Maybe you're not doing everything that you can to love your neighbor as yourself. Maybe you're not doing everything that you can to extend the love that Jesus has extended to you to those that disagree with you. And maybe we need to recognize that we can't just have peace in our hearts without extending that peace to other people. And maybe you're here and you've been living in peace with your neighbors and you know everything's fine, there's no conflict, but you see peace as just being passive instead of being active. And you need to recognize today that in order to be a peacemaker, you have to be active and you have to be asking God, God, where can I bring change to my community? Where can I bring peace where there is no peace? See, these are all things that when we read this, Jesus is telling us to be at peace in our hearts, and being active in our community to bring peace to others that don't have peace. The church is supposed to be a light, a city on a hill. And we, we just pray every day as a church, as our staff, we pray every day that, that we will be a place that the community looks to for the hope and for the peace that they're searching for. If we can all close our eyes and bow our heads, think about where you're at today. Do you need to experience the peace of Jesus in your heart today? Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and today's that day. You want to experience the peace that Jesus has for you. Or maybe you have the peace and, and you just need to learn how to, you know, you're just asking God, Lord, how do I extend that peace to other people? How can I live and bring peace to my communities when it just, everything seems so hostile? Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for my friends. God, and I thank you that we can come and we can hear your word. We can, we can read what you are telling us in scripture about being peacemakers, not just being peaceful in our life, but making peace in our community. Loving one another as you've loved us, God. Be with us today, Lord. I pray for those today, right now, that, that they wanna experience the peace of you. They've never experienced it before. God, I pray that you will bring them peace in their life, that you, will that you will get them to recognize just the love that you have for them, the peace that you have in store for them. It's a gift that the world can't give. God, give it to them today, Lord. God, and I pray for all of us, God, that as we go from this place, we will go and we will be peacemakers in our community. That we won't just look and sit idly by as, as the world searches in the wrong places, but God, we will, be, we will be a representation of you and we will go and we will love our neighbor and we will do whatever we can, as much as we're responsible for, whatever decisions we make to unify our communities, even if we might not get the love that we want back. Lord, be with each of us today. In Jesus' name, amen.